Well, it should be clear to us that as we <clears throat> listen to our readings here this morning and come to the a bit closer to the end of our Lenten season, we have a clear shift, right? A clear shift in focus in these final two weeks of Lent. I mentioned a few weeks ago that Father Wolf wearing pink was our halfway point. That's happened, show's over, second half now begins, right? So here we are in our second half. So what is the focus? What is the clear focus that Jesus lays forth in these final two weeks of Lent before Easter? Well, what was Jesus' focus? One word, Jerusalem, the cross, Calvary, giving up his life for the salvation of the world. So wouldn't it make sense for everyone, for our focus to be what Jesus' focus was in these final two weeks? We're looking at Jerusalem. Now, that being said, I want to draw our attention back to the first reading, Prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 31. Easy verse to memorize, easy verse to go back to, 31, 31, Jeremiah. Why is it so important? Everyone, it's one of the most pivotal lines in the entire Old Testament. And in case you missed it, here it is. The days are coming, Jeremiah says, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. A new covenant will be made. Hold on to that thought. What's a covenant? Can you define what a covenant is? A covenant, sometimes we've reduced to just an agreement between two parties, right? Some type of legal exchange, maybe even a contract. But in scriptural terms, everyone, a covenant is something far deeper. A covenant could be said to be an exchange of hearts. One party exchanging their heart with another party. That is a covenant. Or in the words of the prophet Jeremiah, I will be your God and you will be my people. That is called covenantal language. God establishing a relationship with his people. Now why does that matter? Why does covenantal language matter? Everyone in the scriptures, Old Testament and New, who has God revealed himself to be to his people? He's revealed himself as a covenantal God, as a God who enters into relationship with his people, right? That God is not just some force in the sky that remains impersonal or indifferent or uninvolved. That God is a God who is deeply involved, deeply personal, deeply relational. God reveals himself to be one who enters into covenants with people. If you don't believe me, read the Old Testament, right? What does God do with Adam? Enters into a covenant. What does God do with Abraham? Enters into a covenant. Noah, Moses, David. God enters into covenants with his people. Throughout the Old Testament, God enters into relationship with us. Now, were those covenants good in the Old Testament? The ones I just named. Were they good? Well, sure, right? They're, they're fine. What happened to them? What was the problem with them? Well, oftentimes, for the people of Israel, these covenants never entered into their heart. Let me put it differently. For the people of Israel, the covenants were this external, <laughs> going through the motions, showing up type thing. Sound familiar? Going through the motions, showing up, 
Things remaining external? For me, yeah. The covenant needs to enter here. The relationship needs to enter here and not just out here. The covenants of the Old Testament fell short because they never entered into the heart. Okay, isn't this fun? Fast forward 600 years after Jeremiah. What happens? This rabbi from Nazareth by the name of Yeshua shows up on the scene. And what does he start talking about? A new covenant. An eternal covenant. A covenant that will will not just remain external, going through the motions, showing up, but a covenant that enters here. Everyone, what Jesus establishes with you and me is a new relationship, a new covenant. But how does he do it? I think a key interpretive way of understanding the new covenant Jesus enters into with us is found in the gospel today. And it might surprise you. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it breaks open and bears what? Much fruit. Okay, Father, you've lost it. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it breaks open and bears much fruit. Everyone, who is the grain of wheat that falls to the ground and dies? Who is the grain of wheat that breaks open and bears much fruit? Who is the grain of wheat that falls to the ground and dies and bears much fruit through being broken open? Jesus. Jesus is the new covenant. His death is what establishes the new covenant. His death and burial then breaks open a whole new abundant life for you and for me. So what does Jesus do on the cross? His heart breaks open to establish a relationship with us. That should change everything. God's heart breaks open for you. Do you think of God's heart as one that breaks open out of love for you? That is what Jesus does on the cross. Breaks open his heart. The question on my mind this morning is this. Do I do that in return? Do I break open my heart and love God? Do I break open my heart and love neighbor? Or do I just go through the motions like the old covenants in the Old Testament. Jesus offers us his heart. He breaks it open. Will you and I break open our hearts in love of him?